Good morning, everybody. Always good to see everyone this morning. Good crowd this morning. Ready to worship the Lord together. Let's all stand to our feet. Uh, we get to celebrate baptism today. But we get, we're going to sing a song first before we get to that. So let's, uh, let's worship together. Here we go. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed 
That's why we do what we do here at Lindsay Lane is to see more and more people brought to Christ. <laughs> the more hearts and souls saved. Let's all stay to our feet and continue in worship <clears throat> and worship the lion, the lamb, the Savior, Jesus Christ.
Father God, we are so grateful to be here this morning for this opportunity to hear from you and your word. God, we lift up Heath as he prepares to bring this word. I know that through his studies this week, he was prepared to, to preach your message, God, but we came here to hear from you today. So I pray that you would speak through him. Through your Holy Spirit. And through that same Holy Spirit that we will be able to hear from you. That we can understand your word. God, I know there are people in this place this morning who came in with heavy hearts. For whatever reason. We know that your word is truth. We can stand on it. So God, help us to rest in your truth, in your word. That though we may not understand what you're doing all the time, we know that you're sovereign and in control, that you are Lord and we are not. So help us to understand. Help us to take your truth and apply it. Know that you are sovereign and Lord. 
Help us to be a comfort to those who need it. Be your hands and feet. Father, as we celebrate a new life in baptism, I'm so grateful that as this church continues to grow, that it's your word that's at the center. It's your truth of your word. It's your son, Jesus Christ. Help us to keep our focus forever on you. We love you, in Jesus' name we pray. guys have a seat. Thank you for being here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You should insert good morning as well if it's been good morning. If you just want to be honest and say bad morning, that's okay too. Um, but uh, but thank you guys for being here so much, man. I pray it's going to be a great day. Continue to be a great time of worship together. Hey, if you never, if this is your first time worshiping with us, I know we got a lot here here to watch Miss Lauren get baptized. Um, and so you guys, you guys get off the hook for this if you don't want to. But, um, but for those of you that are, it's your first time worshiping with us, man, we would love to actually, we have a gift that we'd love to give you today. Um, and, but that goes for y'all as well. Um, but we have a gift that we'd love to give all of you to actually a very, uh, a t-shirt, free t-shirt today on the house, just to thank you for being here. If you'll take the card from the back of the seat in front of you, we'll call our connect card, grab it, fill it out. And if you'll stop it by next steps, which is in our lobby, we actually have enough t-shirts for everybody. And so we would love to hook you up with that. But I'll also give you some information about our church just so that you can know who we are and what we're doing and um, and why we do the things that we do here. And so um, the those cards that are on the back of the pews are all in the back of the chairs are also really helpful uh, for us to know prayer requests, things that are going on in your life. Um, and also let us know about how we can take you, help you take next steps um, in your walk with God. And so um, today we're continuing this study that we just started last week called The Book, uh, The Book. And so this week is kind of building on the ideas from last week, but even if you weren't here last week, it's okay. Uh, we're still going to, we're going to, I'm going to kind of lay enough groundwork at the very beginning that, that we can continue to build. Um, but uh, last week, what we saw is that God chose to make himself known to us. Like that was the foundational thing that God chose. And he did this most generally to all people through creation. God built into the entirety of creation, evidence that he exists. And so uh, what that means is that if, if you look at the cosmos and the, uh, the furthest reaches of the universe, or if you look into the tiniest particles of DNA or the matter or whatever, and you begin to think, man, there's got to be a God behind this. If that's the way that your mind is drawn, guess why that thought is there? Because God wanted it to be there. It's not, that, it's not that we're just smart or that we're thinking like, God put that thought there. The God who created everything, he is revealing himself to mankind through his creation, what we call general or natural revelation. It shows us that God is. However, God also chose to reveal himself in a more intimate way. He gave us his word, the Bible, a special revelation of himself to man. If natural revelation shows us that God is, Special revelation shows us who God is, begins to reveal his desires for mankind. It shows us, uh, it shows us his character, 
uh, the depths of his character. It shows his will for the world, a long history of gracious acts towards humans, even though we continue to sin. uh, The Bible shows countless moments in which God intervenes into human history in major ways. And the pinnacle of all of the scripture is um, the fact that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. And if you know that today, you know that not by looking at trees or stars or planets. You know that from God's word. And so that is the way in which God has revealed himself to us. I needed God's word to show me what Jesus did for me. You do too. And if you're not a believer in the room today, uh, just know that God is ready today to reveal the same thing to you, that Jesus Christ uh, took your sin on himself and, uh, and that he died in our place. And so this morning, we're going to add another layer to that, that God's word is needed. We're looking at the second part of this message here, which is that God word, God's word is enough. So turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's where we'll be here momentarily. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is towards the end of the New Testament, if you're not familiar with the Bible and how it's laid out. Um, that's the second part. It'll be towards the back of your, of your Bible. Um, and so it's not just that God reveals parts of who he is and then leaves us to like go on an Easter egg hunt looking for the rest of it. Right? Like the God says, okay, here's a few attributes of me. But if you want more than that, you're going to have to work for it, baby. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to go, you're going to have to do a lot of things. You're going to have to try to read other books and do all this little nuggets of his character. And, and then we're left filling in all the holes. That's not what God has done. It is actually our belief of this church and, and most of Orthodox Christianity that all that we can know about God is found right here in his word. And so the, the book is needed, absolutely, but the book is also enough. So I'm going to read uh, about five verses of Scripture, beginning verse 13 of chapter 3, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll come back and talk about this some more. Uh, so 2 Timothy three thirteen through 17. Evil people and imposters will become worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you, And you know that from infancy you have known the uh, sacred scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I pray that today, through the work of the Holy Spirit in this place, God, that you would illumine our hearts and minds to understand it. And God, that the truths you'd have us to draw from the scripture today would be made clear. And God, we would leave this place different than the way we came in uh, with steps uh, to live different for you this week. God, we ask as we always teach us to know you today and that you would be with us. And it's in Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. So um, this this Second uh, Timothy was originally a letter. Okay, don't get confused by the fact that it's part of the Bible. It was a letter written by a real person named Paul to a real person called Timothy. Uh, we don't know. We all we know about Timothy was that at the time Paul wrote the letter to him, he was serving as a pastor in a place called Ephesus. Um, you don't have to get in a time machine to go back and know what was going on in Ephesus. Think about the most 
godless place. Don't call it out loud if it's Tuscaloosa or Auburn, okay? Because that'll start something up today. We're not trying to do that. But think of the most godless place on the planet. Whatever you've been, whatever you've experienced, that was Ephesus, okay? It was an awful place with a lot of things that go against God's word were going on. And Timothy is there because God had saw fit to call up in the city of Ephesus believers who would serve together and would try their best to reach their city for the gospel and for the kingdom of God. And so uh, Paul actually left Timothy or sent Timothy back to Ephesus to serve there as one of the pastors. And so Paul is giving, the, the books of First and Second Timothy were letters that Paul wrote to Timothy to share with him and to challenge him as a pastor and also to give him things to challenge his church with. And so that's what's going on in First and Second Timothy. And all of this that I just read to you in, the, in 13 through 17, all of that is setting up for a charge at the beginning of Ephesians 4 in which Paul tells Timothy the, 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 the peak, the highest point of the book of Second Timothy. Paul says, preach the word, Timothy. And that, so all of this is building up to this climactic, climactic y'all, I'm struggling today. Climactic moment in which Paul's going to say to Timothy, preach the word. And so what Paul's doing is he's, he's showing Timothy that if you're going to preach the word, you've got to first be reminded of how sufficient God's word really is. And so we're going to see three things in the passage today because that's as high as I can count. And they're all going to start with a G because that's helpful for all of us. Okay? And I don't always do that, but today it just worked out. All right, so the first thing that I think Paul's driving home in the text is that there are no grades when it comes to the Bible, and I don't mean grades as in ABC, I mean grades as in uh, first, second, third, right? Like gradu- graduating from each grade to the next, okay? So let me read again verses 14 15. Continue in what you have learned, Timothy, and what you firmly believed. You know who taught you, and you, from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are able to give you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So when I was younger, my grandparents had an above-ground pool. That was the only pool we had access to, and we wore it every day. Of Listen, that's what I'm talking about. Every day of every summer, the, the, the Michael, the Fog, the Michael, Fog, Haney, whatever family, we were in that pool together. And uh, we had a lot of fun there, swimming in that pool. And we played a game. I don't know if y'all played this game or not. I didn't get a lot of feedback from the first service, so apparently it was a weird game that we played. But we played this thing called School. When you're in the pool. Anybody familiar? Golly. All right. I may have gotten made fun of in the last service for playing this game. But um, so uh, the way it would work is somebody would be elected as the teacher. Uh, Typically the most long-legged person. That made the game more fun. And so the teacher's job was to stand in the pool with their legs as far as they could get them. Okay? And everybody else's job was to, so they would start in kindergarten. Okay? And so everybody would have to swim under their legs. And if you touched the legs, you failed that grade. Okay, y'all familiar? But if you swam under, you passed, and so you only failed two grades, and then you got expelled, okay? No, not a lot of grace in this school. And so if you swam through, so then first grade, guess what would happen? We would just slide our feet in just a little bit, and we would go again. And so all the way up until it was just impossible by about 10th grade, um, because we were kids and didn't think it all the way through. But when the adults got involved, the tall adults, that made it even better because we had more whatever. All right. So this was a game that we played. Um, here's, what I, here's what I found. Just when I talk to people about God's Word, when I see interaction in my own life, this is how we view the Bible. We view the Bible almost, and Christianity feels this way to some people, that there are gateways that are hindering you from leveling up in your faith. And it's all found in God's Word. Like, God's just up there waiting, going, I'm ready to give you your patch to move on to second grade. But, like, 
you're still not there yet. Like, God's got these, 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 uh, these lines in the sand that we've got to step over. And for some people, it's centered totally around God's Word, some, that there's some sort of hidden knowledge that they're looking for in the Bible. And when they find it, God goes, yeah, now you're ready for third grade. But what I've, they're always these, and I've talked to these people, and at times I've even been these people, right? Um, because when you find that little, oh, this is going to be fun. That's good. All right. We can do this. I feel like a stand-up comedian when I do this, though. Um, all right. So uh, what happens is, though, we're always looking for new knowledge. We're looking for something new. We're looking we're, it's, it's the, the, the task becomes always coming to God's Word and going, give me something new, God. And then what happens is God, maybe God actually does reveal something to you from His Word, and that lasts about a day. And then you come back to it and you go, God, now give me something new again. It's like they're always looking. For, it's an endless search for biblical secrets. Any Nicolas Cage fans in the room? Nicolas Cage, there's four of us. Perfect. Um, Nicolas Cage, uh, Na- National Treasure, right? Uh, we got these crazy glasses on. We have to see the look at the back of the Declaration of Independence or look at the the bell uh, in Philadelphia. Like We've got all these weird things that we have to do. And oftentimes that's the way we try to treat the Bible, as if there's these hidden Easter eggs within it. And listen, church, God's not sitting back waiting on you to learn something new before he, before he, before he, uh, he, he shows you his presence and he, and he helps you to grow. Stop looking for weird things in the Bible. This has led, this idea of always trying to find something new, 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 has led to the things like the Da Vinci Code and tons of other wrong ideas from the Bible. We have people reading God's Word today, and I'll use air quotes, discovering new things from the Bible. i got to tell you, if the last 2,000 years people who have been reading the Bible have been filled with the same spirit that I'm filled with, and they didn't come to the conclusion that I come to, it's a reason to question the conclusion you came to. And if you're listening to a pastor, and I know this, is, this is just for free. If you're listening to a pastor in the coming days, or if I ever say this, if somebody ever tells you, I've got a new word from the Lord, and they don't just mean like new to me or new to us, they mean new because like nobody's ever had this thought before. I'm not saying run out and like do something, but like you should question, like you should think, man, what makes you so special? Like, how do you have a new word that the last 2,000 years of Christianity haven't given us? And so I would just be careful with that because, again, this, we've got to come back to the word of God. Um, if, 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 if that happens, just be cautious. It's because what in the text, when Paul mentions that there are people being led astray and that those people are trying to lead other people astray, that's in verse 13. Paul doesn't challenge Timothy. Well, you know how you can stay confident in your walk with God? is if you just keep finding something new. If you'll just keep finding something new every day, Timothy, if you'll go to the Word and look for something new, then, then man, then you'll stay, you'll stay firm in your faith and you'll stay committed. You know, what, you know where Paul's, Timoth- or Paul's, Paul's uh, focus is with Timothy? It's on what Timothy already knows. You see it. He said, continue in what you have, have past tense, learned and firmly believed with an ED on the end. You don't have to be an English teacher to know that's past tense, right? 
that so often we think that we need a new revelation to tickle our mind or our ears to keep us focused on God or to graduate to something deeper when in reality we often need to rest in what we already know and believe about Scripture. I'm not saying we don't need to study more. If you've been here and you know me, you know I'm not saying that. We do need to study God's Word. We need to go deeper. But we don't need to study more just to be studying more. Hear me say that. We cannot study God's Word just to say that we are. Because here's the deal. I've been a Christian for 27 years. Okay? If for 27 years I've studied the Bible and I haven't been applying the text, I don't need something new today. Amen? For 27 years I've been reading the Bible, and if there's something that I've studied in the last year that I have yet to apply, I don't have to move on to the next page. I've got enough that I need to be focused on. Now, again, I'm not saying not to study the Bible. But it's not really beneficial for us to move on if we're not going to apply what we already know. This is why the Christian publishing industry is a million-dollar industry. Because oftentimes Christians are getting bored with the Word or they're wanting somebody to tell them something that's easier or packaged different than what the Bible does. And I think as the as the Christian publishing industry increases what's happening is and this is just anecdotal I'm not, I, don't have a, I don't have a study to back this up what I've seen is that Bible actual Bible reading is decreasing as the Christian publishing industry is booming and so instead of actually applying what we already know from scripture and continuing in that obedience we want to keep moving on and on and on to the next study. Now, one of my seminary professors, um, I'll be graduating in December. Praise the Lord for that. Good night. That means I won't look like a zombie on Sundays anymore, which will be fun. And so I get to graduate in December, get to go down to New Orleans, Lord willing, uh, as long as we can still go down there. Um, uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to go and, and uh, take part in graduation, uh, which is awesome. I haven't walked since high school, so I didn't walk in college. Uh, so I get to walk across the stage, and I'm going to dance across that stage. Be done with that. But anyway, when I was in uh, the reason my very first semester, I was taking a seminary class, and my professor said something I'm going to share with you here in a second. It's going to offend some of you, um, and some of you are just going to think it's dumb. But it was why I knew I love. I'm going to like seminary. Um, so this was a a pastor. He was a pastor, but was also a, just a part time professor, and he made the comment that a lot of Christians, and I think Christians like me and Christians like us snort Bible study, Bible studies like cocaine, okay? That was his comment. A lot of, hold on to it. What we do is we find a good one, and we suck it down as quick as we can. We just ingest it, and then we ride that high for about this long, <laughs> and then we're on to the next one going, okay, where, where's another study? Where's another study? Have you read the new Bethmore study? Have you seen the new Max Licato study? Have you seen, have you seen the new? And it's this constant thing of of seeking for the next thing instead of what did you do with the last study that you read did you do anything with it if you didn't do anything with it then don't go to the next one like go back to that one and re redo it we need to acknowledge that all of these things they're not bad i'm going to talk again about here in a, in a minute but none of these studies and none of this stuff is bad. But what we need to recognize is that God's Word itself is enough. And we need to read this more than we read anything else. Because God's Word is where we find life. It is, it is, it is what we need. Um, 
And so the reason I can I can say those statements is because of point number two. The next thing that Paul drives home is that God's word is God inspired. It's God inspired. Read verse sixteen again. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and resting. Now the word inspired uh, again. The New Testament was originally written in a different language. It was written in Greek. And so uh, Paul did what pastors have been doing forever, and we get made fun of by our congregations. That's what we make up words. And y'all make fun of us for making up words. Paul did it too, so bleh, on you. Because Paul makes up a word, when the word inspired in our English translation is the word God breathed. He took God and he took breathed and he slammed them together and made a compound word. If you're in elementary school or high school, especially the Christian school, make up words. The teacher can't argue with you because Paul did it. You can get by with this, okay? I'm getting somebody in trouble. All right. But what Paul meant by that, he literally said God breathed, meaning that all of Scripture is spoken or breathed out by God. Listen to me, church. The Bible that you hold in your hands or the Bible that you're scrolling on your phone, whatever the case, it's it's God's very words. Or like the Bible that you you struggle to remember to read. The Bible that you can't find sometimes because it's been so long since you read it. The Bible that the Bible that you don't you don't hold in high esteem in your life. It's the words of God. And that should bring an awkward silence to the room, right? It's a tough reminder. And I, I, I'm, I'm quick, and I'm, I'm first to confess how quickly I have been in my past and even in my present to read devotions, books written by Christians, Bible study books, listen to podcasts about the Bible instead of reading the Bible itself. I've been very quick to do that. I see some of y'all nodding, so you're with me, okay? Here's the problem with that. None of those other things are the inspired Word of God. None of them. None of them are spoken by God Himself. Can they be helpful? Absolutely. Should we read them? It would probably be good if you did. Be helpful. But should those things, all those other things, take away from your time in the Word? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We've got to begin to view all the things in Christian publishing all those other things in a proper light. I read this week a good way to think about these other books, and I just wanted to share it with you. A good Christian book, or you can add devotion or podcast or whatever, is a guide, not a Lord. You see that? All that other stuff. Everything, it's a good guide. It's help, Hopefully, it's helping guide you through the Scripture, but it's not a Lord. And what that means is it, it's not binding on the life of a Christian. As if the words of Max Licato became the very words of God by the work of the Spirit. I don't know how you feel about Max Licato, but anyway. The only power that those books have are the places in which they rely on Scripture. <laughs> That's it. You, write, If I were to write a book tomorrow, it'd probably take me longer than tomorrow, but if I were to write a book, like it would, hopefully it would speak to you because I know you and it's speaking about things that we're going through, but the only power that that book holds is when I quote Scripture. When, I, when, I, when we're talking about God's Word, that is the power itself. These other books, they may be 
they may they may be helpful, they may be encouraging, and listen, they may even be inspiring, but they are not inspired. That's reserved for Scripture alone. We saw last week that God's Word is needed if we are to know God. We cannot know God apart from His Word, but it's important to acknowledge this week that God's Word is enough for us to know God. It's enough for us to know God. There is no truth, and I don't know if I've said this yet because I usually say this a lot. If you haven't heard anything up to this point, listen to this and then go to sleep, okay? But hear this point, okay? There is no truth about God that you could ever find in another book that is not already revealed here. Catch that. There is no truth about God that that you can find in any other book that's not already here. If you find one, I wouldn't take it to heart because it's probably wrong. It's not a truth. It's an idea. God's Word is where we have this. And now, I want to talk about a book in particular. And this is where I'll get the email. But listen, I'm not dogging this book. I hope don't don't do whatever. You're gonna if you if you if you if you read Christian books before as soon as I say the title, you're gonna go, "Hep, read it," and you've got an opinion about it. But just hang on to it, okay? I'm using this book as an analogy to talk about something really important: the shack. Okay, if you've read the book. I'm not dogging you out, okay? I haven't read it myself. But I want to talk about the shack. The shack was a good example of what we're talking about. If you remember this book, it was super controversial when it came out. It's a person's interaction with uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, And each one of them is like personified as somebody um, in the book. And so it's a very unique conversation that somebody has with the Father and then the Son and the Spirit. Now, I don't know the heart of the author, but there were some people who read this almost as if it was book number 67. <laughs> they read it as if, man, that's, that's true. That's exactly what God is like. And I don't, I don't think the author intended to be read that way. They were taking way too much of it to heart and letting it greatly affect their view of God. And again, I, I didn't read it, but I'm not saying you're a sinner if you did. But a good way to read any book that's, and, and, and even, a, even a good Bible study or a book that's based solely on a book of the Bible is to read it, is to read it with it in your left hand and your Bible in the right. Okay? And then I think you can read anything. Like you can read a book that totally goes against what you believe as long as the Bible's in your right hand. And God can use it to grow you. Like, I don't think there's anything. I, I love talking to people and reading books and listening to podcasts and things that are go directly against what I believe because God uses it to sharpen me. Because when I hear it, I go, huh. And I come back to the Bible. And then God grows me through that. And so, again, I know we're on the Internet, so the shack is not bad. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but you've got to read all those books in a right way with the Bible in your right hand. So allow those books to stir your imagination, but make sure that you're grounded you're grounding that imagination in the truth of God's Word, okay? Um, I think that's important because um, I've got family members and friends that, that have read all, lots of books like that, and, and, and they God used it to grow them, and so it's good. Just got to do it right. Anytime you're reading a Bible that's pushing what you believe and think, make sure you're doing that, okay? Um, now, what I'm as I've talked about this now, that, uh, that everything that God has revealed about himself is found in God's Word. What I'm not saying is that every every truth about God is revealed in Scripture. What I'm saying is that every truth God has revealed <laughs> is found in Scripture. What I mean by that is, if you, if you read the Bible for the next 70 years, 
beginning to end, beginning to end, beginning to end, beginning to end. Digest, digest, search, search it, search it, search it. Oh, 70 years from now, guess what you're going to have? Questions. <laughs> you're going to go, well, what about this or what about that? But what I can promise you is that everything God wanted you to know and that you need to know about him is here. And you won't find another one anywhere else. You may want to. Your desire may be to try to fill in what you perceive to be a hole. I promise you, God has given us what we need right here. God has given us all that we can and should know about him. And so when we do, when we have a right perspective of these things, Paul continues by saying, um, that talks talking about growth that happens, okay? So this is point number three. Again, the third G, here we go, alliterations, growth. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, let me read them again just so you're familiar. All Scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, rebuking, tra- correcting, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So as we are learning about who God is from His Word and 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 keeping a right perspective of all the things we've talked about, a natural outflow of that will be growth, spiritual growth. Paul says here that the book, the Bible, the Scriptures, are inspired by God and profitable for four things. I just want to talk quickly through those things. He says, first off, profitable for teaching. teaching. The idea is that God's Word should be taught in such a way that people learn how to live for God, learn who He is, and learn what He expects of them. That's what I'm trying to do right now. Just That's what we do on Sundays at 9 and 1045. It's me trying to teach you what God's Word says so we can all live closer to Him. It's what we do on Wednesday nights with our small groups. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to teach God's Word here at East in such a way that people learn how to live for God and what He expects of them uh, who follow Him. But He says it's not only just profitable for teaching, it's also for rebuking. And that word just just beautiful to your ears, isn't it? Who loves to be rebuked? Anybody? Like, I don't I don't like it either, but it's what we need sometimes. Uh, the, um, rebuking is simply a blatant calling out of sin. It's it's a it's a calling out of a blatant sin. That's a better way to say it. Now, <laughs> this happens shotgun style through the preaching of God's word on Sunday. Okay, what I mean by that is like I'm preaching something, and I don't know who I don't know where it's going to land, but I know what God's laid on my heart to say, and I'm going to say it, and it may speak to two people over here and five in the middle. And then this side, they're just holy, and it doesn't speak to them at all because they got it going on, okay? But it's right; it's just hitting particular people, and that's good. You need to come to God. You need to come to preaching so, uh, to the services on Sunday morning so you can hear God's word preached, and that God can use it to speak to you. But, um, but the rebuking is not just supposed to happen here. It's supposed to happen shotgun style here, but also like a rifle approach. Deer season's coming up, and I know some of you guys you you chose to be here and not in a tree with a bow. Praise God for you. Okay, glad you're here. It is bow season, right? Nod from somebody? Yeah, okay, all right. Not a hunter, so didn't want to butcher that. All right, but when you're hunting, like hunting a deer, you're going to use a scope, you're going to zoom in, you're going to look at, you know exactly where the bullet's going to go before you fire the gun. That is what needs to happen with rebuking as well, right? It needs to be close relationships with people who can tell you, dude, you are on the wrong path. And you need to fix it, man. You know that ain't what God's Word says. Quit it. And if I didn't have men in my life who could come in and yell at me, stop, like, I don't know what I would do. And if you don't have people like that in your life, you need new friends. You need a church family, for one. Then you need new friends in that church family that can absolutely crawl you 
when you need to be crawled. We need to be rebuked in a loving way, <laughs> a loving way and in a one-on-one way, not in front of everybody. But we, and, and so we need to see when, when we see one another headed down the wrong path, we need to be willing to call that out in a loving way. And we need to be man enough to take it. Be man enough to own it up. If you're going to commit the sin, be willing to handle the rebuke. That's what we see with David in, the, in God's Word as well. So, um, this is what, so that's, that's the rebuking piece. And then Paul says it's profitable for correcting. This is going to look more like an ongoing, everyday discipleship. This is conversations over lunch where you're helping one another see blind spots, helping one another understand God's Word better and, and the mistakes that, we could, that could get out of hand if we don't do something about it. And, and that's that correcting. The little, um, uh, he's not here today, so I can pick on him. Uh, so we have a, a, a guy that's been attending here for a while, Jacob Sparkman. And uh, so I've been riding with him to some football games and stuff. And he's got one of those cars that beeps when you get over the yellow line. You know what I'm talking about? And he does it a lot. <laughs> Son, stay in the whatever. All right. But that's what that is. It's not, hey, you're going to crash. It's just, hey, man, hey, check it. That's what correcting is. It's just a little corrections. It's not a rebuke. It's not a turnaround. It's just a, it's a, it's an ease in the right direction. Okay. That's the, that's that. And then lastly, Paul says, um, training in righteousness. Training could be thought of as the positive side of the correcting. It's not, it's not, hey, you're, you're, step it back, but it's, hey, here's what's coming down the road. Here's, let's prepare for what's ahead. Let's learn God's word and let's, um, let's pray. It's not correcting, but it's prepping. Now, all of these things, I'm just going to say this as your pastor, all these things need to be happening here. If you call East home, like, what do we need to do for each other? There it is. We've already got God's Word. We know that's the core of it. But now we've just got to be honest with one another and be able to do these things. We need to get closer together here, and we need to be more honest with one another. Because I believe what Paul is saying is that when we do, in verse 16, all Scripture is inspired by God, profitable for these things. Why? So that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Don't you want to be complete? Don't you want to be spiritually complete? I do. I want to be spiritually complete. And here's a here's a, a tidbit for you. God wants you to make you that way. God wants to make you that way. And he's going to use God's word in your hands and in the hands of your church family to make you that way. God's word is, is not only needed for this to happen, like we talked about last week, church, it's sufficient. It's sufficient. Everything we need to be made complete is found here. Get in it. Get around others who are in it and let them speak into your life and watch as God equips you for every good work. This is the importance of the book that you hold in your hand, the book that most of us don't read regularly, don't seem to care about. We've got to change that, church. I read a great statement that was actually on these verses. as another pastor's sermon, and this was kind of his statement to his church at the end, and I thought it was so good. I thought about like rewriting it for our church, and I was like, nah, I'll just steal it and then... Like, tell everybody, it wasn't mine, okay? This isn't mine. Um, But I thought this was really, really good, and so it ties in well. So I'm going to read it to you. It'll be on the screens as well. We are a people of the book. We know God through the book. We meet Christ in the book. We see the cross in the book. Our faith and love are kindled by the glorious truths of the book. We've tasted the divine majesty of the word and are persuaded that the book is God's inspired and infallible written revelation. Therefore, what the book teaches matters. Now, as I read that, I was going to be honest with you. Um, 
I amen all the way up to the last statement. Hey, we're people of the book. Amen. We know God through the book. Yep. Christ in the book. Man, that's it. Cross in the book. Faith and love. That's it. Divine majesty, infallible written word. Yep. Therefore, what the book teaches matters. Oh, man. That's tougher to amen, isn't it? I mean, it's easy to amen, but it's harder to live as if God's word really matters. But I'm going to tell you as the pastor here, we will unapologetically be a people of the book here at East. The Bible's got to frame how I preach. It's got to frame how we worship. It's got to frame how we teach our students and our kids. It's got to frame how we do missions. It's got to frame how we train leaders. How we do everything we do must be first outlined for us in Scripture. And so today I want to ask you this question. Is your life characterized by the sufficiency of Scripture? Here's what I mean by that. Are you living your life like God's Word is enough? That in the pages of the Bible are the very words of the Creator of everything. And they are there so that we can know Him and we can in turn become like Him. Do people see that in you? Like when people say, that dude loves the Bible and centers his life on it. I hate that question because it convicts me too as your pastor sometimes. But i got to ask it. Let's get into the Word so that, that people do begin to talk about us that way. For others, are you finding yourself always discontent with learning things about the Bible? Are you so busy to try to learn something new that you don't actually apply the Bible truths that you already know. And if there's one that is hard, uh, I'm telling you, the questions just get harder as we go through for me. If so, if that's you and you're, you just always want to learn something new instead of applying God's Word, be reminded of what Paul said to Timothy. Continue in what you have learned and firmly believe. Also, I'll throw this one in. If you feel led today to pray for the leadership of this church to be centered on God's Word and to continue to lead East to be people of the book, that's a good way to spend the next few minutes. We covet those prayers. Please, please pray for us in that. And if you'd honestly say to me today that you're not a believer in Jesus and you've never trusted in Christ, the Christ that the Bible screams about, um, then I just want you to know the Bible is what changed my life. I don't know where I'd be today. I was saved at a young age. So, Heath, you weren't saved out of a crazy, wild drug addiction life. No, but I might have been there today had I not been saved. It's like Lauren said. God's Word and the Spirit in her kept her out of a lot of trouble, and I pray that God keep continues for her and so many of us. And so God's Word for me changed my life, and today God's Word sends ready to change yours. And here's the life-changing part of it. It's this. You're a sinner, and you deserve to be separated from God because of that sin. God, you can't live up to anybody's standard, let alone God's. I let my parents down every week, even at 30, however old I am. I can't even keep my parents or my wife happy, let alone God. I'm a sinner, and I deserve to be separated from God forever because of that. However, the Bible actually tells us that Jesus sent himself, his son, to the earth 
to live and to actually live the perfect life that you and I couldn't pull off. All the sins we committed, he didn't. And at the end of his life, he died. And the Bible says that actually that all the sin that you and I will ever commit was placed in his body. And that he died the death that I deserved. He he took the separation from God that I deserved. And he died and then God raised him up again. And today, if you'll believe that, if you'll turn from your sin and believe in that, the Bible says that God will save you and that you can experience life though you are now dead in your trespasses and sins. We would love to share with you about how you can trust in that. Uh, the same the same salvation that I received, the same salvation that Lauren testified today about, the same, the same salvation that saved so many people in this room is available for you today. We're going to sing another song here in a second. And you respond however God leads you to. I'm going to stand down front. I always do that, and I just look at you. Uh, but I'm down here because I, if you want, if you if God's laid it on your heart to come talk to me, like I want to be here. I don't want to go hide somewhere. I want to be here so that you can come and talk to me. We also always put counselors by the back door because sometimes it's easier to move backwards than it is to come up in front of everybody. If you want to do that, that'd be fine too. But we can actually share with you today about how you can trust in Christ. Today you may want to you may want to pray right where you are and repent of the sin in your life in regards to how you view the scriptures and the way you've been treating God's word, living as if it's not sufficient. Today, that's an opportunity for you to pray during this song. You can pray right where you are, standing, sitting, kneeling. We also have these steps up here, and all we do is clean them. We don't sprinkle anything up here. Um, it's not magical, but what I promise you something happens when you come forward and pray up here. There's a lot of people in this room that pray for you. They begin to lift you. They don't even know your name, but they pray for you. So if you're going to pray where you are about something going on in your life and life somebody else, you can do that where you are. You also come forward and do it, and we'll pray for you um, here. Uh, you may just want to come talk to us about some other decision that God's laid on your heart. Or just come forward for prayer. We'd love to pray with you about it. Whatever God's laid on your heart. Or you may just want to do like I do. Just worship God that his word is enough. Amen. You may just want to lift up your song, your, this song today. A beautiful song. We're going to close. So I'm going to pray. And after I pray and say amen, we'll just all stand. And you respond however God leads you to today. Okay? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. That God, uh, in your word, we not only see like a, a partial uh, revelation that just uh, leaves us looking for these Easter eggs elsewhere, God. But we see a full, complete, as complete as we need it, revelation of who you are. And God, I'm thankful that your word changed my life 27 years ago. And God, I'm, I'm thankful that it, it continues to change lives, God, through the work of your spirit. And God, I pray that today, if there's anybody here who's never trusted in you, God, that through the work of the Spirit in their life, in their heart right now, God, that you would just uh, draw them to, to, to make this decision and to, to repent of their sin and to trust fully in the name of Jesus. We'd love to talk with them about that. God, give them the courage to step out and talk to somebody. Um, Father, I'm thankful for this opportunity to worship you because of your word. And God, I pray that you be with this time of response. God, may you use it for your glory. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As I stand, sing or pray or however you feel led. All my words fall short I've got nothing new How could I express All my gratitude I could sing these songs As I often do 
But every song falls And you never do So I throw up my hands Praise you again and again So that I have you so Just one move with my arms stretched wide. I will worship you. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all
Today is Lions Farms. We're going to Lions Farms from 6 to 9 tonight. If you need tickets uh, for that, they're out in the lobby at our Next Steps area. Uh, you can pick those up on your way out. This Wednesday, we start groups back, thank goodness, uh, after fall break and one tornado uh, watch. Uh, we're back to that. Uh, next Sunday, uh, women look forward to that. Uh, it's a women's work day next Sunday. Miss Felicia can tell you more about that. Uh, October the 31st is Staff Appreciation Luncheon after this service. And then last but not least, we still got giving options. We've got a bucket by the back door. You can still give online, text to give. And my favorite is the mailbox out front. You can always send it in. But I uh, hope you have a great day. Again, if you need Lions Farms tickets, catch them on your way out. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much uh, for the people here in this room, God. Thank you for today. Thank you for Lauren and, and God, her uh, demonstration of faith today, God, in baptism. Uh, God, just thank you. Uh, for what she's going to do going forward, God, I pray, uh, just bless her life, God. Uh, just be with us as a church family as we grow, uh, God, and we move forward. Just be with us tonight as we go to Lions Farms. Have a great time. Uh, God, be with our travels. In your name I pray. Amen. <laughs> 